Hey everyone, this is Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, and one of the co-hosts of This Week in Marvel podcast. You're listening to the Cruise Control Podcast with Randy Cruz. And we're back here again on the Cruise Control Podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, download, subscribe today. Again, iTunes, SoundCloud, Cruise Control Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-A-N-D-Y, the letter J, C-R-U-Z. And as we do every week, we take a look at Raw and SmackDown and uh, preview the upcoming pay-per-views in the world of professional wrestling, WWE. And today, as always, I got my man Graham Matthews at WrestleRant on Twitter, feature columnist for the Bleacher Report, also does work for Hidden Remote and What Culture. Graham, what's up, my man? How you doing? Doing good, Randy. How about yourself? Do, doing all right, man. Uh, I, I'm not too sure if, if you're a football fan, but you know my quarterback just got hurt. He's out for the year. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Minnesota Vikings, um, yeah, man, torn ACL. So now I'm like, who's going to be our quarterback? Who can we get from free agency? Um, my Vikings were going to, you know, I, I thought they were going to make the playoffs and maybe get, you know, you know, go further. So now we don't have a quarterback. He's out for the year, and I'm just, like, totally bummed about it. I can understand your pain, my dude. I definitely understand where you're coming from. I saw a lot of talk with it on Twitter. I'm not a huge football guy, but you got to keep in mind, as disappointing as that is, we are on the heels of KO Mania from Monday night. <laughs> Kevin Owens is the new Universal Champion, and you got to keep in mind, in a few short weeks, we could be living in a world where Kevin Owens is the Universal Champion, Shinsuke Nakamura is the NXT Champion, which we saw crowned a few weeks ago takeover, and AJ Styles might be our next WWE World Champion. Now, there is nothing to be upset about when it comes to those three things right there. If Kevin Owens can be the quarterback for my Minnesota Vikings, I'll, be, I'll feel much happier. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we'll be doing both. Maybe he's the next Universal Champion and the quarterback for the Vikings. Who knows? Um, let's get to, let, let's get right to Raw. Obviously, the big buzz uh, the last couple of days, online, Twitter, the whole thing about what happened on Raw. And the major thing that happened on Raw... Um, Graham, was that Ginger Mahal fought? <laughs> what a strong showing versus Sami Zayn. What a valiant effort against uh, against Sami Zayn was Ginger Mahal on Monday night. A valuable free agent pickup by Raw, <laughs> and, and and Twitter was a buzz that he actually had a match live on Raw. But um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, honestly, real quick, I, I I don't know what's the big deal about him. I don't know why they picked him up. I don't know why they're gonna make him job the whole time. But um. Maybe a waste of space, in my opinion, when it comes to him. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was never a Mahal fan to begin with, so I don't know why they brought him back. I mean, hey, good for him. It's a paycheck to be getting in the mail just to be doing the job every week. I'm sure it's better. It's more money than he would be making on the independent scene or whatever. But I guess I was thinking about that on Monday. Like, why the hell would you bother bringing this guy back? I mean, obviously he's being brought back just to serve as an enhancement talent, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And I guess they may not have a surplus of jobbers. Like, they have Axel. They have Bo Dallas, who was apparently arrested after being intoxicated on a plane, so that's not good. But um, they don't really have many jobbers. I mean, they have swagger, so I guess Mahal kind of fills that slot. I'm not really sure. Do you actually believe he was drunk when he got arrested? 
<laughs> um, probably, but I don't know whether it's true or not. But the story that I read that from that guy on Twitter, I forgot the source. Uh, that's totally my bad. But he said that Bo Dallas was singing Lion King songs on the plane. And just the idea of that was hysterical. So take that for what it's worth. Like you mentioned, Kevin Owens is now the new, the brand new universal champion, the second universal champion, even though Stephanie said last week was, you know, Monday was the first ever universal championship match when she, yeah. they just had one nine days prior. Um, so, yeah, like you say, KO Mania is running wild. To me, you know, at the beginning, I really thought that Big Cass winning it was way too early. I think we both, you know, agreed on that. Um, Reigns, you know, with the whole suspension thing, I, I, I did not think he was going to win the title. Plus, he'll probably be thrown back into the Rusev picture if that's still even an option. I know they probably had to rewrite a whole bunch of stuff with uh, with Finn Balor being out. And the fact that Seth Rollins hurt Finn Balor and he's out for six months. Um, to me, I, I felt the only logical person to win that match was Kevin Owens, and he eventually won that match. I'm so glad he did, too. I know you posted earlier on in the day on Twitter on Monday that KO was the right guy to win. And I mean, I saw a whole bunch of people saying that. But and we probably, I know we talked about it last week here on your show, and it might have said it then of the best idea. I mean, as much as it wanted KO to win, I just honestly did not think it would, they would do it. Um, I thought ideally, like, hey, fantasy booking-wise, you put the belt on KO, do a face Seth Rollins feud um, in the absence of Finn Balor. I'm sure we talked about that last week. I, I feel like I've said that before. But I did not know that it would lead to Triple H coming back, turning on Seth, which was the bigger shocker, in my opinion. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, I had this weird feeling that Roman was going to win. I'm really glad he didn't. Because, um, like you said, he has that whole thing going on with Rusev right now. And you know that one of the biggest beneficiaries of Balor getting hurt would have been Roman Reigns, just because he probably would have been the new Universal Champion had, Bal- had Balor, you know, had he not gotten suspended, had Balor um, not won the championship, or had Balor not gotten drafted, whatever. So I'm glad he didn't win. I mean, I love Seth Rollins, but we've seen that before. And now as a baby face, he feels fresher than ever. And that's purely speculation. We won't find out for sure whether he's a heel face, whether KO's a face, Triple H is a face, anti-hero. No one really knows. But I know one thing is for certain. I'm certainly looking forward to Monday Night just to see what happens next. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, you know, that's the beauty of, of what they did and how they did it because, obviously, you know they knew they knew they had a big time fatal four way match for for the championship, and I think coming off the heels of what SmackDown did on Talking Smack with the Miz and Daniel Bryan, that had Twitter talking for an entire week. Um, to me, I, it felt like they were like, "Man, okay, we have this fatal four way match. It's, it's it's gonna be good, but how can we get the people talking like they like they did for SmackDown for the past seven days?" And Triple H comes out comes out of nowhere. Um, when you first see him on TV, you're like, oh, shit, here we go with the authority all over again. He's going to make Seth Rollins win, and Roman's going to be out, KO's going to be eliminated, and now we're back to where where we were at uh, back in 2014. But he he makes Seth beat Reigns, which I understand because he does not like Reigns. I get that. Then the turn on Rollins, like you said, it's going to have major questions on Monday whether – is Triple H a good or bad guy? Is Kevin Owens a good uh, or bad guy? Is Seth Rollins a good or bad guy? How they gonna How they gonna portray all this? Um, you know, they put off the swerve and has people like me and you and, and other fans around the world like, holy shit, what are they gonna do? But my question to you is, 
what would be the best, maybe top two, top three ways that they could turn this into something huge as opposed to do, as opposed to just have what they did on Monday and come back this Monday and make it feel like, uh, is, is, is that the reason why Triple H turned on Rollins? You know, how creative do you think they could get or they should get? Well, for one thing, I think a lot of people are underestimating the fact that how big that was. Like, oh, it's great. I mean, obviously, it was an amazing moment when KO in the belt, and that should be the focus. But you also got to keep in mind, this is the first time, I think in about 10 months, since Rollins first went down to the injury about early November, whenever that was, late October of last year, that Triple H and Seth Rollins are sharing screen time together. We have not seen them on screen together since that point in time, because obviously Rollins was out. Triple H has not been seen in storyline since WrestleMania 32 back in April. So it was a big deal. And I think it's even better that they did it the way they did, as opposed to having Triple H come back, doing buddy-buddy with Seth for a couple weeks, months, whatever, before ultimately turning on him. I can see doing a slow build to that, but I like the way they did it instead, just because we saw that same thing with Orton. Remember about a year and a half ago, Orton came back, and he attacked Seth, but he like rejoined the authority for a few weeks? It was a really weird dynamic, and it kind of ruined the momentum of that feud. I'm glad they're not doing that with Rollins and Seth, um, but at the same time, I think it's best if they kind of book from WrestleMania backward. I think it's best. I mean, obviously, it's late October now. We still have Survivor Series, but let's face it, Survivor Series hasn't been meaningful for a big four pay-per-view in years. So I would not do Seth and Triple H at that show. I would save it till WrestleMania, which I think might have been the plan last year before Seth got hurt. I guess we'll never really know. Um, but I would do that match then. And in the meantime, have Seth go after the championship with Owens, have them feed for a few months. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's the best way to do it. Hopefully, my only fear in all of this is that Triple H might overshadow, not will overshadow, but might overshadow Owens. And I really hope that's not the case, because if Owens is built up to be a strong, money, top, you know, dominant heel as champion, you can have money feuds with Sami Zayn over the championship, with Finn Balor when he gets back early next year, Roman Reigns, that's a fresh feud. I know people may not like that idea, but Owens and Reigns is a fresh feud. Obviously, Rollins, Brock Lesnar, I, I was just thinking about the other day, that'd be a great match for the Royal Rumble, Owens, Lesnar for the championship. There's just so many possibilities. So I'm hoping that, I don't know how they'll explain it, maybe Triple H got jealous of Seth, or, you know, he didn't, you know, because remember, Rollins said when he first came back, he hasn't really said it recently, um, but when he first came back a few months ago, he said, I want to do it all on my own, I don't need you, Stephanie, I don't need the authority, it's all about me. So maybe Triple H will go back to that. I thought he'd be back a few months ago to cost Rollins the championship, but better late than never. I'm glad it you know, played out the way it did. Um, so I guess part of why I'm excited for this is part of the reason just because I don't know where it's going. So I guess we'll have to find out on Monday's Raw. Well, I just got a text from Survivor Series, and it, it, it wants to have a word with you about it. You know, you calling it not a major pay-per-view no more, bro. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Survivor Series, I think, is a, it's a good show. And I always enjoy Survivor Series, but you got to look at least the last five years. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It might be the, might be the exception, just because it's in Toronto and they haven't done a Canada pay per view in at least six or seven years. I think it's been a long ass time. Wow. But I mean, it's and it's not that I don't like Survivor Series. You know, Arch is a big Survivor Series fan too. He's probably going to take offense to what I just said. But the thing is, you look at last year's show, atrocious. It was a bad show. 2014 was all right when Sting debuted. 13 sucked, 2012 wasn't good. They haven't, it's not me personally, I'm just saying the way that WWE has portrayed that show in the last five to even ten years, it hasn't felt like a big four pay-per-view in a long time, unfortunately. 
I mean, yeah, I, I, I was just joking with you, but at, at the same time, when you when you try to you know say Mania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, obviously the last couple of years, Survivor Series has been number four as as part of as 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 far as it being very important as far as storyline goes or debuts or comebacks or whatever. So I mean, I I do definitely agree with you, and the fact that last year. With the fact that, you know, uh, Taker and Kane beat the Wyatt family and Reigns won the belt and Sheamus uh, cashed in. I was like, oh, yeah, I, that's one pay-per-view I can forget. Yeah, not a good show at all. Definitely one of, not one of, but the worst pay-per-view of 2015. So now back to the game. Um, did you feel like he undermined the, you know, you know, yes, KO is the world champion now. I keep saying world, but it's universal champ. He is the, the, the universal champ, but do you think he him interfering undermined KO winning it or the fact that now that KO winning the belt is going to be overshadowed by, the, by Triple H and what he did to Seth Rollins? I know that's a thought. I've seen several articles in the last couple of days saying that he will over. That's why I said might earlier, just because I don't want to say will. I don't want to say I don't want to sound pessimistic and say that Triple H is going to ruin the reign of Kevin Owens. I mean, who knows? It's only been one night. We haven't seen what's going to happen next. Um, if you ask me again in a month, I'll give you a, probably a better answer, just because so far we haven't really seen anything. But in terms of what I think might happen. I just really, I hope not, just because I like an alliance between Triple H, KO, just because you've seen it on screen so much. Like from the moment Owens debuted, it was over, I think this month, two years ago, that Triple H himself signed Kevin Steen, now Kevin Owens, to a contract in NXT. He, you know, celebrated him back, you know, with him backstage the night that he made his debut in WWE um, on Monday Night Raw about a year and a half ago. So they have on-screen history, and it's been a long time coming, so I like that alliance. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was cool. I mean, I thought it was a nice two-for-one punch. We have KO as world champion, or, like you said, now it's confusing me, as universal champion. And we have Triple H turning on Seth Rollins, kind of setting the stage for several things, not just one thing with KO becoming champ, um, but also with Triple H and Seth for the months to come, So, which is what they desperately needed. I feel like they do this every single year where they have this home run of a Raw, and it's amazing, like, oh, wow, I can't wait for the fall. And then it falls flat. So I'm kind of skeptical how this is going to play out because we've seen this before. Remember a couple of years ago at SummerSlam of 2013, Triple H turned heel on Daniel Bryan and the authority formed. We're all like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And then it just shit the bed. Like the following few months were just awful. So hopefully it's not um, it's not a repeat of that this year. I just feel like when it comes to the, the explanation of Triple H and him doing what he did to Seth, that – I mean, to me, I mean, you can sit down here, sit right down here and say, well, the reason why he did what he did, because the fact that Seth Rollins, when he came back, he said, I did everything on my own. I don't need anybody. I'm the man. I'm the the number one overall draft pick. I'm the best in the world. I don't need anybody. And then Hunter can say, well, hey, you know, without me and Stephanie and the authority, uh, you wouldn't be here where you at. Do you think that that kind of storyline can be good enough or be as creative enough to really define why Triple H did what he did? Or do you think there's a a, a different storyline that they should go with that maybe nobody has been thinking about? I mean, I hope for the latter. I hope it is something that we have not been thinking about. I mean, they can always incorporate those elements you just mentioned, like Balor, or not Balor, sorry, Rollins saying that in Triple H's absence, like, I could do this by myself, I don't need the authority, blah, blah, blah. The fact that he's been using the pedigree all this time, like, there's so many reasons why this feud makes sense. I wrote a whole article for What Culture a few months ago saying, literally listing 10 reasons why a Triple H 
Rollins feud has just makes perfect sense. I mean, I wrote that back in June, but it even makes more sense now that Rollins has been on his own for a few months now. Um, so I guess we'll see where it goes. But, yeah, I hope it is something that we have not yet heard about. Like I said, they can always play into how maybe, I mean, I know Seth Rollins is also another NXT guy. He was the first ever NXT champion. But KO is one of Triple H's first big signings in NXT. So maybe he has a bigger connection to him. Or, like, remember a few years ago, back in 2014, when Seth first joined Triple H in the Authority, he was saying that it was just best for business, and that he saw the future in Seth. Maybe he doesn't see the future in Seth Rollins anymore. He failed at SummerSlam, but he sees the future in Kevin Owens. So maybe that's what they go with. I don't know. But, um, like you said, I hope it is something that we have, that no one's been talking about. It's something that we have not yet anticipated come this storyline. Like, you know, just imagine, just, you know, hypothetically, Hunter comes out on Monday and say, well, the reason I did what I did is that, you know, you took my move. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 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 really? Okay. <laughs> like, cut this shit. Come on, man. Really? You know, give me give me something else where I know he, he took the pedigree and this and that, this and that. Like, may, maybe. And I think what's interesting is the fact that if, you know, you go back and look how Stephanie looked back at Hunter when he left the arena was like, maybe she mm-hmm. was like, you know, portraying that she didn't know what was going on. Why would Hunter do that? It's my show. You can also say, well, Triple H, he, he's not on Raw. He's not on SmackDown. He's a quote unquote free agent if he's going to be active. So, you know, he can go on both shows and do and do whatever he wants. But I think the Stephanie McMahon dynamic can play just as much as Steph Rollins and even Kevin Owens because maybe you have Triple H and KO on one side. He he he'll defend Kevin Owens. Now you have Stephanie in defending uh, Seth Rollins because you know that's her guy. That was her, that's her first draft pick. That, that that's her franchise of of the flagship of 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 Raw. So I mean that could be a very interesting dynamic as well. They, they can even do like you know you know how they did back in the days where the affairs and Stephanie and, and Seth had something going on while Hunter was out. Just give me something that, that that's creative enough to be and for us to be like, oh shit, is, is that really what's going on? Even though it's not, but don't come back and say, well, you took my move or you know I, I'm the I'm you're my protege. I taught you how to, how to do everything, and you know I'm this and I'm that. Just give the fans something different. That we can be like, oh wow, that's the real reason why Hunter did what he did. Exactly. I mean, doing the basics is all right. It wouldn't be bad, but it's like the bare minimum. It's the predictable. If they can do something that no one is thinking of, I mean, they did that on Raw. I mean, they're capable of it. They did what no one was thinking on Raw. I mean, some people probably thought Kay was going to win. I didn't think he was going to win. I was hoping he was going to win. I didn't think he would. Um, but I think even those that thought that Kay was going to win the championship. They didn't think Triple H was going to come back and help him win the belt. You know what I mean? No one saw that coming. Mm. They can still do something fresh like that. They are capable of pulling out a gem every once in a while. They are fully capable of that. No matter how many, how much people shit on this company, the creative team, they're still very much capable of you know producing fresh content. So uh, it just the only thing that bo- not bothers me, but the only thing that concerns me is that, like I said, the fall season is more often than not their dead period of the year. It's like they just roll over and die when football comes back. Ratings-wise, even the quality of the, pro- of the product-wise, they just don't put forth their best foot for whatever reason. Um, but, yeah, for this feed, though, I'm looking forward to it. But, yeah, as you said, I mean, it can't be just like, oh, you took my move or you hugged my wife backstage before the match or whatever. Like, just <laughs> stuff like that is just, it's, again, it's not bad, but I'm hoping for something more, something unpredictable, something unprecedented when it comes to this feud. So hopefully we do see something along those lines uh, come next Monday's Raw. 
I mean, I, I, I know Hunter's going to do one hell of a promo when he gets back. He'll probably hog up the microphone for 25 minutes. So I, that, <laughs> that we yeah. can all expect. But I think, you know, from a fan standpoint, it makes it makes the fan the fans kind of choose who they want to root for. Because if you have if you put Stephanie and Hunter in the same ring, people are going to cheer for Hunter more than Stephanie. That That's obvious. So that that'll make it look like that'll make it perceive as if Hunter is the face. When you have Hunter and Seth, that can go either way. People might cheer more for more for Seth than than Hunter. If you have Kevin Owens and Seth in the same ring, I think more fans might cheer for KO. KO and Hunter, I, they they might they might pull off the Authority 2.0 if they really want to go that route. But I think we 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 got to understand why he made Rollins lose, but also made Kevin Owens win. And and, and, and I know that the, 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 the rumor was that if Finn Balor was healthy, he was going to defend the title against Kevin Owens anyway at, at um Clash of Champions, and then maybe him and Y2J at Hell in a Cell. So Kevin Owens was going to be in this mix regardless. Which I was very happy about. I mean, we talked about it last week here on your show about how the original plan was to do Owens and Balor and Night of Champions, and then later Owens, Y2J, and Balor at Hell in the Cell. So I'm glad that Owens is still in the main event picture. I think the thing is that I think Owens really benefited from Balor's injury. Not to say, I mean, kind of, but not really that it was a blessing in disguise. I mean, obviously Balor's absence is a huge blow to the company, the roster itself, especially for Raw. But, but um, I, Owens benefits huge. He benefits huge. If he was still around, if Balor was still here, Owens may have won the championship, maybe, at the earliest, either at Hell in a Cell or even in Survivor at Survivor Series in Canada, which would have been cool, but he could still walk into that pay-per-view, his home country, as world champion or universal champion, whatever. It's still possible. Um, but I love it. I honestly did not expect them to put the championship on him as soon as they did, but he's just so deserving of it. And they should have put the championship on him a year ago. That guy, This guy has been red hot for so long that he can be championship he can be champion right now. He has championship material, so um, but he's definitely capable of carrying Raw into the fall season as champion. As long as they book him the right way, I think he's good as gold. But yeah, I mean it's great to see that they're actually going forward with him as a world champion and they didn't freak out and say, Okay, Balor's hurt, let's put the belt right back on Seth or right back on Roman Reigns. Because they very well easily could have done that and that's what I thought they would do, so I'm glad they didn't. Okay, two things uh, more on Raw uh, before I go with SmackDown because not not to me, not a lot of shit happened on Raw outside of Paul Heyman trying to pay the five hundred dollar fine and singles with in, in in the ring with Stephanie McMahon. Um, the 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 challengers for Kevin Owens and the Universal Title. I think I think it would be obvious that Seth Rollins would get the first crack at Clash of Champions, um, in in a, in a basic one on one match. Uh, but going f- uh, going further with the Hell in a Cell, who else aside from Seth Rollins do you see Kevin Owens having a match with? Is it is it Reigns? Is it both Reigns and Rollins in the same ring? Are we going to see the winner of Cesaro, Sheamus get the title shot at Kevin Owens, um, Sami Zayn back in the picture? Who do you think will be in the title picture? Obviously, before Brock Lesnar comes back. That's the thing. That's why I'm so excited about Kevin Owens' world champion, just because it opens up so many doors. I don't think I've been this excited about someone as champion since Seth Rollins won the belt a year and a half ago. Just because when Seth won, it's like, oh my God, the feuds you can have with Reigns, with Dean Ambrose, with Randy Orton, with Brock Lesnar, all these others, which he ended up facing over time, which is why he, I thought he had a great reign. The same with Kevin Owens. If they can keep the belt on him long term, they absolutely can. If they do the whole you know, uh, hot potato crap when they have him drop the belt at the next champion, at the next pay-per-view, 
all right, hell in a cell. They've got to keep the belt on long-term just because, not that they have to, but I feel like it only makes sense. He is such a plethora of fresh feuds right now and people to defend against. Like you said, Sami Zayn, and I know he lost to Sami Zayn, but you know, Sami Zayn can say, I beat you. I want a world championship match. You can do that Survivor Series. That would be an amazing Survivor Series match just because you're both from Canada. You can do that match in Canada. And maybe Sami Sammy Zayn's the one to beat him for the belt. Or like you said, you can also do Reigns, Rollins, both Reigns and Rollins at the same time. Brock Lesnar at the Rumble makes perfect sense to me. You could do Balor at WrestleMania when he gets back. You could do even Jericho. I mean, you could turn Owens and do Jericho Owens at Hell in a Cell right before Jericho leaves. Like, there's so many great feuds you could do with KO as champion that the least, at the earliest, I want to see them take the title off him, and this is being generous, is the Royal Rumble. But I would keep the belt on him until WrestleMania. You have enough fresh feuds with him as champion that they can easily keep the belt on him for at the earliest, the next eight months. Like, that's how good KO is and how capable he is, uh, capable he is of carrying Raw through into, you know, 2017 and through WrestleMania 33. I mean, with the fact that Survivor Series is going to be a, a, a joint pay-per-view with Raw and SmackDown, that, you know, a, a match like Kevin Owens against Y2J or Kevin Owens, Y2J, Sami Zayn, all Canadian, all up in Canada, yeah. Toronto yep. Survivor Series. It could be all Canadian triple threat match or just a one-on-one match. I think that match can be on the card of Survivor Series, but now can that match be on a Raw pay-per-view, be a main event? I mean, I think so too, but I think you can put that into the Survivor Series uh, up in Canada and have any uh, KO against any of those two guys be the main event. Definitely. That'd be a great main event for Survivor Series. Like we said earlier, like I don't really know when Jericho's leaving. It could be at the end of the year. It could be early 2017. I'm not exactly sure. From what I heard, he's touring early next year. So Survivor Series, it sounds like he will still be around for, which is great. Um, but yeah, I would do Owens and Jericho at Survivor Series. There are just so many great matches you could do with Owens in the meantime, and that match would be just stellar from an in-ring standpoint for sure. Now, real quick, how long do you think they hold off Triple H and Seth Rollins? Are, are, are you really going to tell me they're going to hold off? Hold on, let me do the count real quick. We are in August, September, six months. You think they're going to hold off six months to, for Rollins and, and, and Triple H? Do I want them to? Yes. Do I think they will? No. <laughs> I honestly think they'll just blow it off at Survivor Series because they did this all the time. But then again, then again, I know it wasn't the original plan, but Triple H turned on Daniel Bryan three years ago, and everyone's like, oh, they're going to do it in that of champions. Oh, no, they'll do it at Survivor Series, and all the door to the Rumble. They held hey, off right. until WrestleMania. And again, I know that wasn't the original plan, and Punk left, and it all worked out for the better. Um, but I really, really hope that, especially with the brand split, they can hang, they can hold off on it if they really want to. I think that's just a perfect WrestleMania match to do Triple H and Seth, and it's multiple years in the making. These guys have history dating back three, four years, so I would hold off until Mania. But in a realistic world, I think they'll probably do it. They could even do it at Clash of Champions. I hope they don't, but um, I could see them doing it inside Hell in the Cell. That'd be pretty cool, but yeah, I would hold off until WrestleMania, although I do not see them doing that, though. All I'm saying is, if it is WrestleMania, the story behind it has to really prolong and really be like, wow, this is really... Like, when he did with... um. With Daniel Bryan, that story really stressed out for all those months and had people waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and you finally get, you finally get the payoff at WrestleMania 30. That was great. Now the storyline with Seth and Hunter has to really prolong that. If it, if it's not that good enough of a storyline, you might get that match, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, you know, something like that. So depending on what the story is, 
we might see that match earlier than later. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. As long as you can get the story right and drag it out for eight months and just make it entertaining, that's the big thing. If they can keep it, like you said with Daniel Bryan and Triple H, if they can keep people hungry to see Seth Rollins finally give Triple H his comeuppance, and I feel like this just writes itself, because now the big question is, if Seth is going babyface and he's no longer aligned with Triple H, what's his finisher going to be? The curve stomp has reportedly been banned. What I would do, I would hold off on him hitting the Phoenix Splash, like a la Atami, the GTS, like how it took him so long to finally hit it. I would wait for Rollins to finally hit the Phoenix Splash on Triple H at WrestleMania and beat him with that. Like, that's what I would do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, they could probably do it at Hell in a Cell, Survivor Series, if they want to. It wouldn't be the worst thing, but the feud, the story has got to be there, and I think it can be. I think if Triple H surrounds himself with Kevin Owens and other guys and he keeps you know Seth Rollins at bay for right now, I think they can build to a marquee match at WrestleMania 33 for sure. One Twitter question before I go to SmackDown. I think we kind of touched touch base on it, but from at Jordan the Boon, are KO and Triple H going to be faces now? Also, what is next for Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns? I mean, like I said, I assume KO and Triple H are both heels, and that's the way that I would do it. I mean, people are still going to cheer KO if he was a babyface. It really doesn't matter, but I feel like the story's there with Seth being the babyface. Because, again, if you do a Seth and Triple H match, and it'd be cool if Triple H was a babyface again, because that's the, that's the role that he plays best. But I would keep him heel just because I don't think it makes much sense if you have a heel Seth Rollins beat a babyface Triple H. So I would keep KO and Triple H heel and then turn Seth just because Seth has been long overdue for a face turn for a long-ass time now. So, yeah, I don't know whether who's going to be what. I can't for sure say that because we haven't seen what happens next. But I'm assuming KO and Triple H are the heels and Seth will undergo a gradual baby face turn in the coming weeks. We are chatting with Graham Matthews. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. He's the featured columnist for Bleacher Report. Hidden remote, what culture? Hit him up on Twitter at Russell Rant. Uh, SmackDown was pretty decent uh, last night. Um, I want to ask you of uh, how do you? What's your opinion on the continuation of what the Miz and Daniel Bryan started last week? Everybody was talking crazy about what what the Miz did last, last week promo of the year what's going to happen on Tuesday and then we get him in the ring doing another crazy promo Dolph Ziggler comes out he cuts a great promo and the whole thing about him being a coward he he he, he runs away walks away from from a fight um is, is that something that you wanted to see or did you did you think that they were going to go in a different direction to continue that Daniel Bryan Miz storyline I thought they would go in the direction that we pitched last week where Daniel Bryan is trying to get the title off Miz and they're involved in segments every week. But according to what Daniel Bryan said, not in like an interview, not for like busted open radio, but for talking smack. He said it on the WWE program, that WWE Purdue show last night, that officials told him that they were going to keep Miz and Bryan, that they were done. After what happened last Tuesday, they were done interacting on TV, which I thought was really interesting. And it's not like they're cutting... You know, they're cutting this thing short, or they're just not not—they're not capitalizing off the hotness of the angle. It makes sense. It makes sense just because if they're going to continue doing Brian and Miz, and I guess there are ways of doing it without doing a match, but I think their thought process was, and having them stop interacting on TV, was just because if they continue to interact on television, fans are automatically going to think, and you know there were people thinking it last week, oh, they're going to do a match between Brian and Miz. 
which obviously isn't in the cards. I didn't think that for one second. I mean, obviously, would it be cool? Sure, but Brian's health is at risk. And WWE, you know, did not clear many months ago. They're not going to bring him out of retirement just to do one, you know, one, you know, lousy match, which would be cool, but just because the angle was so red hot. Um, but I'm fine with where they took it. I thought the, I'm glad they capitalized off of it, just because based off, as you said at the start of the show, that was the only thing that people were talking about all week last week on Twitter, and they really needed to continue off that, not just to have it be. You know, the, the talk of Twitter for five minutes and then move along and then go back to doing what he was doing before. You have to go in a new direction with the guy. Maybe not Daniel Bryan, but certainly the Miz. And I'm glad they did it on Tuesday. A really good promo to kick off the show from him and Ziggler. We've seen him and Ziggler before like a thousand times, but they always work well together. Um, I would have somebody else in that slot instead of Ziggler. I just can't bring myself to care about Ziggler at this point. But at least you know the match is going to be good, and I hope it's another easy win for the Miz at Backlash. Uh, but I'm glad they furthered that feud on Tuesday. I mean, I wasn't really disappointed that it wasn't Brian and Miz, just, be, just because, like I said, people might think they're going to be building to a match, which obviously is not in the cards. Yeah, like you said, we're going to get the Miz and Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental Championship at Backlash, and they're going to fight for, like, the 1,000 and first time. Um, <laughs> how, yeah. can, how can it be different at Backlash? I don't know. If they added... You know they got. I think they got one more SmackDown before the pay per view. So they maybe if they add a stipulation to the match, maybe that'll be more intriguing. You know, ladder or two out of three falls. Give me something where it's not like a normal Miz and Dolph Ziggler Intercontinental Championship. Now with the whole thing with Daniel Bryan and Miz, I'm thinking like at any point does this help out the the Intercontinental Championship at, at all to bring it to a higher level prestige or it, it are we just focus on the Miz and Daniel Bryan and totally forgetting about the the Intercontinental Championship well Miz might be able to bring it to a new level I mean he kind of alluded to that in his promo on Tuesday saying how it's been it was once prestigious and now it's not but I brought it back to the levels that it was I've been doing media and all this other stuff which is true I mean mm. he, he made a great point that when Shawn Michaels Mr. Perfect Stone Cold Steve Austin The Rock when they were all Intercontinental Champion they weren't doing the media rounds the Miz is not to say that he's a greater champion than them, not by a long shot, but he does make an interesting point. So I'm, I hope they continue to go in that direction. Um, I don't know if it's as prestigious as it once was, but it's certainly more relevant than it has been in many years with The Miz and the whole angle that he's been doing. Um, so, again, I don't know if it's the feud itself that's going to bring more importance to that championship, but Miz alone might be able to do just that if he continues on with this great character work he's been doing as of late. If Brian was to come back, do you think that – It'll just be a one match, and that's it, where he can finally leave on his own terms if, you know, the injury is still out there. Or do you feel like they might test the waters of, you know, let's see one match and let's see where it goes, and then maybe you can have one more, one more. Because everybody said the same shit about Shawn Michaels back in 02. Back injury, one match, Triple H, you're done. Shawn Michaels fought eight more years. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm comparing his injury to Shawn Michaels, but could it is that something? Is that something that we might be looking at, where Danny Bryan might have a a, a a match with the Miz, not saying at a WrestleMania, but at, on on a card to see how he is physically, so that they can finally uh, um, you know clear him? Or do you think Danny Bryan A is done, or B has one more match in him, and he and he might be against the Miz because we you know the whole storyline goes back with the Miz coach Danny Bryan when he first got there, so maybe there is some history behind it. Yeah, there's a lot of history there. I mean, they always had great matches, too. I always thought it was weird that when they had, when they had that whole feud throughout 2010 when Miz 
You know, he was the mentor of Daniel Bryan in the NXT. They had a great feud over the U.S. Championship later on that year, but they never revisited it. They had a couple more matches, I think, last year, like right before Bryan got hurt, actually, leading up to WrestleMania, and that was it. They didn't really do much more with the feud other than that. Um, but I thought they should have revisited it at some point just because they have great chemistry and great history together. So do I think he's coming back for one more match? Absolutely not. And I can see what you're saying with Michaels just because they put him in the ring for one more match and it ultimately led to eight more years in the business. Daniel Bryan's injury is different just because Michaels, if, let's say his, you know, his, initial, his, his first match back didn't go as planned or he got hurt again or whatever. It's a back injury, and Daniel Bryan's dealing with a concussion, and mm-hmm. especially like nowadays with so much attention on concussions, I feel like the company doesn't want to take that risk. I mean, I don't know what they said exactly with neck and concu- with neck injuries and concussion. Um, I mean, they just don't want to take that risk just because, not that Daniel Bryan would die if he took another bump, but it could be pretty serious. So I know they're not going to risk that by putting him in another match. But if they wanted to... Maybe not a full-on match, maybe just an exhibition or something. That's possible, too. Um, but I just don't at all see – I don't see them going in that direction. I think it was just to kind of create buzz for talking smack, um, to have Miz cut that promo, and it just kind of turned into what it was. I don't think there was ever any plan to have Daniel Bryan be back in the ring. I don't think there ever will be a plan to get Bryan back in the ring just because he had a great send-off, and I don't think they want to take the risk of him getting further injured. So maybe when he eventually leaves WWE and his contract's up, maybe he will wrestle again. Who knows? That's certainly a possibility down the line. But uh, for right now, I don't think that's in the cards for WWE. I don't think they're planning on doing that ever. Not even anytime soon, just ever. How long before they start saying the award-winning Talking Smack on the award-winning <laughs> WWE Network? Not long. I mean, I will <laughs> say, I mean, they told you last week I don't watch Talking Smack on the regular. But from what I've seen of it, obviously, last week, and I heard some clips of it from this week, like Slater and Rhino had a pretty entertaining segment. It's yeah. pretty good, and it would not surprise me by the end of the year if it did win. Not an award from, like, not like a legit award, but like a slammy award, which means nothing. But in their world, it means everything. So I would not be surprised if we heard those words by the year's end. Bro, the, the the Slammy Awards. Oh my God! I mean, when, when was the last time the Slammy Awards were were relevant? I know it is it, is used to get the the crowd cheering or booing and get somebody over, but you know this the Slammy Awards is just I don't know, man. Maybe the days of Stone Cold and The Rock back in the '90s. Maybe that's when it was relevant, but I I don't think it's I don't think it's at any part relevant today. No, I gave up on the Slammies years ago. I mean, even the first installment when they brought it back, I think in 2008, even that was a long dragging show. You can watch it on the network. They're all up there for the most part. Um, They're just not that good. I mean, it's just so different from what it used to be. And I've been saying for years, two things. One, it should not be an episode of Raw. It should rather be a WWE Network special. If you're going to hold it at all, I can see, I initially understood why they brought it back to begin with, just the boost rating for Raw. But it, it decreases ratings because no one gives a shit about the Slammy Awards. People aren't tuning in to you know, watch the Slammies to watch an award presentation. I don't care about award presentations because they're boring. I tune in to watch wrestling. That's not, I mean, it's, it has the opposite effect. Um, but two, I think it'd be better to kind of go back to those days, as we alluded to, to do it in a banquet hall. I like a lot like the Hall of Fame. They should do the same thing with the Hall of Fame. I understand why they do it to boost attendance for the arena and whatever else. But I think it'd be cool if they did like, the Hall of Fame and the Slammy Awards, maybe not at the same time. Um, but in the banquet hall, in a smaller setting, and just make them mean something again. Because right now, they don't mean jack shit. And you know what? With the whole brand split, they might put the Slammies on both Raw and SmackDown. Oh, no. Don't say that. <laughs> That's <laughs> awful. SmackDown would be the continuation 
of the three hour slammies that you probably did not see, we have more awards to give out. <laughs> That's awful. I hope that. Like I said, just keep it on the network if they're going to do it at all, just because having it on a three hour Raw is always just atrocious every single year. <sighs> What did you make of um, Daniel Bryan and Shane at the, at the beginning where, you know, Shane was telling him, like, you know, Daniel, don't get in, in the talent's face. And Daniel says, you know, funny coming from you, the fact that you got in Brock in Brock Lesnar's face at SummerSlam. Do you think they're teasing some kind of, you know, dissension or they're kind of teasing a possible, dare I say, confrontation between Shane McMahon and Brock Lesnar? I think the latter, unfortunately. I'd rather, I mean, I don't even want tension between Brian and McMahon, but I think it's more likely that we see a Lesnar-Sheen, you know, confrontation at some point, which I don't want to see. But that don't make Probably sense, right? Ready. That don't make sense oh, that? to do it. That don't make sense to do it, right? I mean, I guess it would make sense because Lesnar had fived him, but Lesnar's a raw guy. Sheen's a SmackDown guy. He's not a full-time wrestler. The match against Taker WrestleMania was not... It was a spectacle. It wasn't a great wrestling match. It was a spectacle for whatever that's worth. I just don't know what it would accomplish. Like, let's say this. Like, in storyline, like in storyline, I guess it makes sense to do the match. But let's look at it this way for a second. If Lesnar could decimate Orton, Randy Orton, a 12-time, 13-time, whatever the hell it is, world champion in a matter of five minutes, how does Shane stand a chance in the ring against Brock Lesnar for more than 30 seconds? Like, if they want to do it on a network special or a house show, I'm okay with that, but I don't want to see that match wasted at, like, the Rumble, which I guess is a dual-branded pay-per-view anyway. But I don't want to see it wasted at a Rumble where you could see, like I said, a Lesnar versus Owens or Lesnar-Cesaro. Maybe those guys don't stand a chance, but I think it'd be a better wrestling match than Shane versus Lesnar. Now, why why, why are they doing Lesnar-Orton 2 at a house show the night before uh was it Clash or Backlash? The night before one of those two pay-per-views, they're doing Orton Lesnar 2 at a house show. It just blows my mind. I think it is before Clash. It's before okay. the Raw pay-per-view. Um, but it just, I don't know. I'm probably, my only guess is to boost live event ticket sales. But like you said, it's literally the day before pay-per-view. Just do it at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just makes no sense. I understand not televising it for the network. You're not going to have two back-to-back network specials one on Saturday and one on Sunday. Obviously not. But then just do it at the pay-per-view. And they're doing it in Chicago, which I guess is where that live event is. So that live event should get high attendance anyway. So it just makes no sense. I mean, I'm looking for. I was actually looking forward to a rematch in Orton getting in more offense. But if they're going to do it at a live event, it's probably going to be more of the same and Lesnar's going to beat the shit out of him for five minutes and it's going to be no different than SummerSlam. But uh, yeah, that was a bit of a head-scratcher, too, and that news broke on Monday. Backlash is uh, almost two weeks away. We, we know that... Dean Ambrose is going to defend the the world title against AJ Styles. We now we now know that Dolph Ziggler is going to battle The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. So that's two matches. And, and now we also, you know, as we mentioned, Randy Orton, he's going to face against face off against Bray Wyatt. Um, you know me, Grant. I'm a big I'm, I, I'm actually a big fan of both um, Orton and Bray Wyatt. But I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out. Which one of these two guys are going to walk out of backlash with the victory? And who needs it the most? Is it Bray Wyatt or is it Randy Orton? That's the thing. It's both a good thing and a bad thing. Because it's unpredictable who wins. But the bad thing is that they not Orton doesn't need the victory. But he just got his ass handed to him at SummerSlam in a five-minute squash against Lesnar. So I feel like he does kind of need some momentum. But at the same time, if I had to flip a coin or if I had to choose between the two and we're not doing a non-finish or a draw, which they probably shouldn't do. 
They, they might actually. That's a possibility. But I'd give the win to Wyatt. This guy has an other than I mean, he won a battleground. They beat the New Day clean, which went nowhere, oddly enough. But other than that, when was the last major, you know, credible singles win that Bray Wyatt won? Like the, the singles match that he won. The only time I can think of is when he beat Roman Reigns, and that was a year ago at Battleground. So the guy has had zero momentum. He wasn't even at SummerSlam, so I would have Wyatt go over. I'm looking forward to the feud. Their segment on SmackDown was good. But, I mean, I, it's a fresh feud. I'm glad they're doing this and not like Wyatt and Ambrose for the fifth time. But, yeah, I don't know who goes over. I guess I'd have Wyatt win. But then again, what does it mean for Orton to lose at both SummerSlam and Backlash? I don't know. But, yeah, I'd probably have Wyatt win. I feel like he has more to, has more to gain than Randy Orton does at this point. I think, uh, you know, you can help me out here, but I think the last big or great one-on-one win he had, hey, you can correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he beat Jericho in a in, in cage? At SummerSlam, he did beat him at SummerSlam. The, the cage match was about a month later on Raw, but that was at the same time. This is bad. So this that was two years ago. Two and, years and, ago and, was the last and, time that he got a big win. <laughs> and the Royal Rumble when he beat Daniel Bryan, but again that was that's going on damn near three years ago. Yeah, that's it's sad. That's it's really sad. Like last year was. Not was not kind to Bray Wyatt at all. He lost to Roman Reigns. He lost to John Cena a couple times. He lost to the Brothers of Destruction at least twice. It's it's not good. He lost. Remember that match at Fastlane a couple months ago. He lost to freaking uh, who was it? Big Show, Kane, and Ryback. Why? Why would you do that? Like it just makes no sense. Like the booking of Bray Wyatt. I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's atrocious. So he he's got to beat Randy Orton and hopefully clean too. So I I don't I don't count on it, but. That's what they need to do in order to get Wyatt back in the right track. Well, I think it's going to be interesting because now the fact that, you know, John Cena may be off TV for quite a while doing the, the Fox TV show filming. And, um, you know, uh, you know, aside from AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose, uh, 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 hold up, aside from Dean Ambrose being the face, like, it, it, you know, giving the win to, to Bray Wyatt would be nice. But at the same time, how can you not diminish Randy Orton? two straight months where he lost to Brock Lesnar and now he might lose to Bray Wyatt. But how, how, how does both of them walk out of backlash, you know, going over? That's the thing. I mean, Orton lost at SummerSlam, so what do you do with him at backlash? I mean, that's why I'd have Wyatt win just because I feel like he has a lot more to gain. It doesn't make Orton a loser. I feel like Orton can lose a bunch of times and still be over just because he's Orton. He's Randy frickin' Orton. Mm. But um, I don't know. That's the thing. That's what I'm looking forward to about this season because we don't really know how it's going to play out. As long as Orton doesn't win clean one, two, three at backlash and further diminish Bray mm. Wyatt, I'm fine with that. But especially in the absence of John Cena, they need strong baby faces. They have Dean Ambrose as world champion. That's great. They have Orton, who's kind of like on the fence right now after that Lesnar loss at SummerSlam. They need to start building up Apollo Crews. They need to start building up Kalisto. More so Crews, I feel like he has a lot more to gain. He, he has a lot brighter potential at this point than Kalisto does. But they need to start building new stars. That's the uh, that's the bottom line. Yeah, the same thing, you know, Baron Corbin, too. Like, I know he, he hadn't been on on TV for quite a while as far as wrestling. I know he was beating up Sin Cara, or not, not Sin Cara, Callisto in the back for, for for a few weeks, but now he gets to fight with with, uh, with Dean Ambrose. The match did not mean anything last night. And AJ gets involved, but at the same time, it's like, like you said, the, the Apollo Crews and everybody else and the Baron Corbin, you got to really, 
you know, do some work to, to, to get those guys over because if, you know, the AJs and the Deans and the Ortons and the Bray Wyatts are going to be, and Cena are going to be winning all the time or, in, or always be in the main event, what do you do with Apollo Crews? What do you do with Baron Corbin? What do you do with The Miz? What do you do with Dolph Ziggler? Are they going to be in the mid-card forever? Or just be jobbers? I I, I don't think they'll be jobbers, but it's like at some point we, we got to get these guys over because you're the one that drafted them. Exactly. Like, it still makes no sense to me that they drafted Big Show and Kane over Apollo Crews, a guy who has plenty of potential. He had a good match against AJ on Tuesday, but yeah. he did put a lot more character development into the guy. That, that That's the thing. He's a great wrestler, but he needs more character development. All right, real quick. We, we also know, like I said, Dean Ambrose, AJ for the belt. Uh, Graham, I am in favor of AJ winning the belt ASAP. Uh... uh Seeing Dean Ambrose, man, I I like Dean Ambrose. I'm not gonna lie, I like Dean Ambrose. But to me, his character and the way you wrestle, and it's like, like, dude, come on, man. Like, <laughs> if you saw the match last night against Baron Corbin, it's like, like this is a this is a world champion, and you have AJ Styles on the outside doing commentary. Like, dude, this this guy's a thousand times better than than Dean Ambrose. <laughs> yeah. How you how are you gonna sell me at Backlash? That Dean Ambrose is gonna win that match. How are you gonna sell me on 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 at, at, at Backlash? What to, to give me a rematch at what it, it'll be no mercy? Like, dude, AJ already lost at Roman Reigns twice, right? Now, don't tell me he's gonna lose to another an, another Shield member in, in Dean Ambrose on SmackDown at Backlash. How can you? How can AJ walk out of there with the title but still feel like you know what? I see where they're going with this. It was a great match. How can they prolong the storyline? Because to me, I think AJ should have the belt right now. That's the thing. I mean, they gotta have they gotta have Styles win. I mean, I can understand putting the belt on him like later down the line, so they can build to a rematch and No Mercy or a Survivor Series to stretch out the feud even more. But you gotta strike while the iron is hot. The guy is so goddamn good. You have to put the belt on him ASAP. Like he's that good. And like you said, I like Ambrose too. I'm a big Ambrose fan. But he's just not delivering the goods as world champion. Not to say he's been an awful champion, but from his recent matches on SmackDown, the real lack of character development, and especially the match against Ziggler at SummerSlam that was super underwhelming. They got to get the belt on AJ. The guy just beat AJ Style. Here, sorry, he beat himself. You beat John Cena clean at SummerSlam. One, two, three. How can you not put the belt on him right now? Like, I understand again putting the belt on him at No Mercy to stretch of the feud, but you got to do it now. You got to strike with the iron saw. AJ Styles has got to be world champion ASAP. And I think it happens at Backlash. I hope so. I, I really do. And again, that's not taking anything away from Dean Ambrose. I think he's a, he's a good performer. Um, it just maybe 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 if he did better in the ring or is not as comical as a character. Like I felt like him as a character with the AJ stuff is not as good as he was with Dolph, and then lead up to SummerSlam. Two 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 different people, two different characters. And I think when you just have one wrestler way more superior superior than the other, it's like, you know, well, you know, I can't bitch and complain all the time because Roman Reigns beat AJ Styles freaking twice in the ring in back-to-back pay-per-views. And I'm like, why is that happening? But we all knew that Roman Reigns was the guy, you know, McMahon wants him to be the champion. I get all that. But Dean Ambrose, 
beating AJ Styles? Uh, are, are they going to do a no finish? Uh, some kind of thing where oh, you know what the continuation is going to be at no mercy. Oh, okay, fine, but don't 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 have Dean Ambrose beat AJ clean in the ring. Then 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 I'm like, damn, who who can beat Dean Ambrose? <laughs> at that point, you can't like unless they had Ambrose cheat or something, which is very possible because that's this kind of part yeah. of who his character is. But you got to put the belt on AJ. That's the bottom line. Like I can't say anything else. They got to put the belt on AJ at Backlash. Like unless Ambrose cheats to win or it's a DQ, or Cena comes back, which is doubtful. I mean, they wouldn't not advertise him and have him return, you know, randomly at, uh, at Backlash, of all things. So I don't think that's happening. It shouldn't happen. you, you got to have AJ win. you got to have AJ win. I like Ambrose. By Backlash, he will have had a three-month, you know, reign as champion, which is fine. That's a solid three months right there. It's not a week. It's not a month. It's a nice little reign. So he can have that to his resume that he had a three-month reign as WWE champion, but... AJ has to win. Again, I wouldn't be pissed. As I mean, the, the, I think AJ, you know, not think. I think I know AJ is winning the belt, whether it be a Backlash, No Mercy, Survivor. But I think the best option is to have him do it as soon as possible just because he's the hottest thing going right now in this entire company, especially with Balor being out. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, doesn't matter. AJ is the best thing going right now, and I think they got to capitalize off that hot streak by having him win that world title. He doesn't have to. It doesn't have to do be clean. It can protect Ambrose if they want to. But whatever it is, whether it be clean, dirty, whatever, he's got to be world champion by backlash. Yeah, and, and plus, you know, real quick, the 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 SmackDown roster, you know, has been taking a hit the last couple of weeks and days. You know, freaking even Marie got suspended. John Cena is taking time off to film uh, TV shows. Uh, I, I think Del Rio is gone, so it's like you, you're losing, you know, from the men's side, you're losing two of your, I guess, your main stars, and it's like, man, who else we got? AJ, Dean, Orton, Bray, you know, that could really be the big-time main eventers, and it's like, you know, those guys really got to hold it down for the next few months because we know Del Rio ain't coming back, and John Cena, we have no idea when, when he's coming back. Yeah, the roster, it's not, I mean, yeah, it's taking a hit, but I think they're making the most of who they have, which I think is great. I mean, although Cena's taking time off, Del Rio looks like he's out of his way out of the company, which I could not give two shits about, to be quite honest with you. Even Marie suspended. But they're still making the most of who and what they have. And still, SmackDown is the better overall show each and every week. Raw on Monday was good. I know the finish was phenomenal, but the overall show was good pretty much overall. SmackDown, I thought, was the better overall show. It was great overall. We had a lot of good matches. You had, you know, AJ and Cruz. You had the main event. You had a, a decent women's match, too. So they're really making the most of who and what they have, especially with new tag team titles. So, yeah, I think SmackDown is still the better overall brand, even despite the limited roster. And if they can bring in someone new, maybe not from NXT. I mean, maybe from NXT, but I think and it's Benjamin, too. Benjamin's another guy who was going to be on the roster, but got hurt, so... Maybe they fill that void by bringing in another free agent. I don't know if they're going to sign the headbangers. I have zero idea whether, what, what that's all about, which is cool. But anyway, maybe they bring in a free agent um, like a Mr. Kennedy, which is I doubt it's going to be him, but someone like that. And um, maybe they bring him Joe. You know, Joe dropped the NXT yeah. title at TakeOver, and I think it's high time he, get calls up. he gets called up. And once he does get called up, I think he's going to SmackDown, as he should. I think he can get a great Cena-Joe feud in time for Mania by the time uh Seen his back, you know, later this year, early next year, whatever. But um, SmackDown, despite the you know the various issues they've had with Cena, Del Rio, Eva, and Benjamin, they're still the better brand overall compared to Raw. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I would say, you know, the Raw had a great ending, but a, a somewhat decent show. And then some can say, you know, SmackDown had a, a, a dope beginning with The Miz and Dolph Ziggler, but it had, like, had, had a decent show to follow up. But like you said, man, I, I do agree with you that SmackDown to me has been, I think better won't be... The, is not the right word. I guess I guess more enjoyable to watch because you know from 8 to 10, that's all you're going to get as opposed to saying, damn, 8 to 11 or 11.30. You know, um, what, are, what are they going to do? But now with the fact that I think the pendulum is switching back and forth. Last week was SmackDown with Miz and Daniel Bryan. This week is now Kevin Owens as the new Universal Champion. And, and I think SmackDown did not do anything to really, you know, you know combat that. So Raw is going to have the buzz. I think, you know, for the remainder of the week, we get to Monday and see how they how they portray and play out this whole KO being champion, what they do with Hunter and Seth and, and Stephanie McMahon, um, the ongoing story with Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. Then we get back to Tuesday with the go-home show for SmackDown, if, if I'm not mistaken, the go-home show before Backlash. And Backlash is shaping out to be a, a pretty decent card. Uh, before, I, uh, before I let you go, it's going to be AJ Dean for the title. We got Orton Bray Wyatt. We have the tag title finals for the SmackDown Championship, uh, SmackDown title tag team championship. We're going to have the women's six-pack uh, challenge for the, the new SmackDown Women's Championship. So that's four matches right there. Miz and uh, Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental Championship. So right now we're looking at five matches. I know they probably add in one more, one or two. So what's your take on the current card for Backlash? I like it. I think it's going to be a really, really good show. Like I said, they're really making the most in who of what they have on SmackDown right now. Um, that's a pretty solid card. Ambrose and AJ have only had one other match on TV since AJ came to WWE. We have that really cool SmackDown six-pack women's channel. Women's Championship six-pack challenge, which should be really good. The finals of the tag tournament, which have been going pretty well over the past couple weeks. Miz and Ziggler, we've seen it before, but always a really fun match. Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt for the first time ever. Also, probably Corbin and Kane, Baron Corbin and Kane. That was kind of teased on SmackDown this week, so I could see that oh, happening. Um, so they got a good card, I think. If they can give each match decent time, which I think is the benefit of these, you know, uh, Raw and SmackDown pay per views, they're having their own pay per views just because you're not going to cram freaking 20 matches into one card like they did SummerSlam. It's a nice three-hour show. get 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes per match, uh, a kickoff match if they want to do that, and that's all you need. That's all you need for a good, solid pay-per-view. And they have fresh feuds and great matches, some really good wrestling on SmackDown these past couple weeks, pretty much all year, but specifically since the brand split started. I'm looking forward. I think it's going to be a really, really good show. Can't wait for it. As long as they don't make Backlash a, a, a three-hour show with a three-hour kickoff and a two-hour uh, talking smack, uh, I mean, I mean, you know, that'll be too much. But I'm looking forward to Backlash. Um, I guess with me, even going back in the days, I, I, I was always more enamored with, with, with what the SmackDown pay-per-views were going to do as opposed to Raw with Judgment Days and, you know, Backlash back in the day, No Mercy as opposed to what they were doing with Fully Loaded or whatever the shit was called back then. But um, I think I think they can start, you know, putting the, the pressure on Raw. Like, you know, Backlash is first is, uh, is first up. And Clash of Champions really going to have to really put on a great show because if you talk about Clash of Champions, you really got four, four matches. And then it's like, 
what are you going to do with the rest of, of the card? Um, you're probably going to have a KO match with the world title, a tag team title match, obviously, if, if Rusev is healthy enough to defend the U.S. title. And then they're going to have Charlotte defend the, the, the women's title. Then it's like, all right, class of champions, we're done. We have, we have no more belts. What do you do with the, with the rest of the card? So uh, that remains to be seen. That's why maybe you might see a Rollins, Hunter. I, I really I doubt it. I doubt it will be a clash. But real quick, how do you think they fill up the card for clash if, 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 if it's class of champions? They're only going to have four matches for the belts. Well, I mean, same thing as past years. I mean, just with fewer titles. I mean, if you think in recent years, like last year's Night of Champions, we only had the tag titles, women's title, the one world title, and the two mid-card championships, which was five title matches. So this year we only have four. And they would fill out the rest of the card with, you know, uh, with just random singles. Not random, but other feuds that weren't over championships, which kind of defeats the purpose of the pay-per-view. I've been saying this for years, but Night of Champions, the full purpose of that show when they first created it many years ago, almost a decade ago at this point, was to have every match be a title match. But when you're throwing in five singles matches that have no championship implications at all, it's just worthless. So, again, I like the Clash of Champions title, and they're bringing back that lineage from WCW. But what's really the point, especially when you consider that we just had a pay-per-view where every championship in the company was on the line at SummerSlam. So how is Clash of Champions any different? And I can guarantee you that whatever the October pay-per-view is for Raw, they're going to have all four of those championships defended anyway. So what the hell is the difference between Clash and Hell in the Cell or SummerSlam or whatever else, what other pay-per-view there is in the calendar? It just makes no sense. Um, how they're going to fill out the card? I mean, again, this is why I think that that Backlash might be better because there's not many other feuds that make sense right now. I know they have you know uh, three more weeks, three more Raws until Clash, so they can always you know build feuds up over time. But obviously, Owens, Rollins, maybe New Day Club, that honestly does not interest me anymore just because this club is getting their ass handed, you know, they, they've had their ass handed to them the past couple of weeks. Bailey, Charlotte, Cool, Rusev, Reigns, they kind of interrupted the build for that, so um, whatever. Uh, Darren Young, Titus O'Neil, yay. Like, oh, how are you going to fill out the rest of the card? I'm not exactly sure, to be honest with you at this point. I would say as a fifth match, it will be, I, I, I would hope to think that it'll be, uh, I was going to say game seven, but match seven with Cesaro and, oh. and Sheamus. I think they'll do that. Yeah, I forgot about that, too. You, you were talking about it a couple weeks ago on my show. They're going to do the best of seven series, and now it kind of leads up to the pay-per-view. I could totally see them do that, definitely. And then we have five matches. And then we're going to have a 30-minute Triple H promo. Um, <laughs> a 15-minute opening with Mick Foley and Stephanie. Um, that'll kill some time. And then, um, I don't know, man. It, 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 unless, listen, they have one Ron month. Braun Strowman squash. You can do five-minute Braun Strowman and I Jack squash again uh, if you want to. You know, for, for, all that, for all that, bring back the hardcore title. Let, let, let Braun Strowman have the hardcore <laughs> championship. Give him that. Why not? Give him that. But, I mean, I, I, aside from all that, man, um, they have one month to, to really shape up that card. So I, I am giving them the benefit of the doubt. They got one month. Backlash is in two weeks. I'm looking forward to that. Graham, always a pleasure having you on. Again, Graham Matthews at WrestleRant on Twitter. He does work for Bleacher Report, Hidden Remote, What Culture. Um, again, Russell Rant on Twitter. Graham, do you have anything else to say before you leave? I think that's it. I think you have everything covered, dude. I really appreciate having you on the having me you having me on the show again. I uh, always appreciate it. Always a fun time. I look forward to uh, talking wrestling next week as well. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, dude. I'll catch you down the road. All right.